Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Velocity and this is your host Snehal Singh. 2022 has begun and you're pretty much 40-45 days in 2022. So I really hope that your year is going well and if it is not we can start making it going well from now because it is in this moment that we choose to do what we want to do. Uh, today as usual, I have an amazing guest with us who is going to be sharing their journey with us. Um, who am I talking about? So let me first give you a quick introduction of how I met this person. And this is why I keep saying that, you know, social media or virtual connects also have value. So I met her through a common friend who also I have met virtually and I've never seen her till date, who I met through another common friend. So this is three common friends. I met somebody online two years ago. Through that, I created a friend uh, and she introduced me to a wonderful coach. From that friend, I met the guest that I'm meeting today. And we all are well connected and working together and evolving together. And that is why I say that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, building connectors all about just connecting, whether physically or virtually. So my today's guest is from Singapore, Dr. Ramesh Ramachandra, who is the growth strategist and also an author of multiple books. So we're gonna to get to know her journey and see how she reached where she reached today. So first of all, welcome, 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 Dr. Ramesh. Uh, how are you doing? Well, thank you, Sneha. I'm excited to be on your show. And uh, as you know, it's also uh, the Chinese New Year. We just celebrated the uh, entry of the water tiger. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's new. I learned. <laughs> wow. Perfect. Yeah, they, they have 12 animals. And uh, this year is uh, sim uh, symbolic of the water tiger and supposed to be a good year for business. I love that. I love the sound of that. Uh, so tell us, tell us a little bit more about who you are and yeah. Well, um, you know, I live in Singapore uh, and um, my, I, I'm actually an entrepreneur. I run my own company, which does uh, corporate culture change work in the region in uh, Southeast Asia. And uh, I've written a few books and um, uh, I'm excited to talk about the upcoming book with you. And uh, I'm a mother Yes, you know, as all mothers, we, we always think that we're still mothers, irrespective of how old they become. And uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, for starters about me. Beautiful. Uh, so you are in Singapore. You, you do have many facets, as you said, uh, you know, being a mother, being an entrepreneur, being an author, and of course, many more roles that you play. So if I have to ask you, what is your story? What would you say it is? Hmm. That's, a, that's an interesting one. So uh, what I like to do is to look at my story and how it has sort of evolved over time. Uh, because, uh, you know, I think uh, there is a consistent theme, but it's been different at different points in my life. And um, the earliest memory that I have for myself about having my story uh, not connected to, let's say, my parents or, or as a part of the uh, extended family was when I was uh, 30 years old and I was uh, lying in the 
a maternity ward in Massachusetts in the USA. I just uh, delivered my daughter at that point. And I was thinking, you know, what would be a legacy for her? Like me as a mother leaving for her. And, uh, you know, uh, almost immediately the thought came up, okay, you know, how many, how much money am I going to leave her or how much a property? And almost immediately, you know, it was like, nah, that's, that's not it. And I, I realized that it was so important to me that my daughter knows and uh, sees as evidence for herself that I lived my life uh, on my own terms and I could be and do anything I wanted. And therefore that was also the legacy for her that she could be whoever she wanted to be in her lifetime. And um, so that was uh, the first uh, story that I had. And then two years later, uh, there was a personal crisis that I was going through. And it's interesting that personal crisis sometimes provokes uh, thinking about our story and our purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that moment, I remember, you know, on, on TV, they had uh, Princess Diana's um, uh, funeral going on. And uh, I had just finished, I had a shower and I was looking at myself in the mirror. And there was this, uh, you know, thought that came up, I am me. And, you know, that was mind blowing because the, the situation that I was in, it had me doubt who I was in terms of being a wife, being a mother, being an employee, being a business owner, being a daughter. And, and there was this, uh, you know, uh, validation that I'm me and that all these roles, all these titles, all these positions did not matter. And uh, I think that was the moment uh, uh, that I uh, connected with my true self. And, uh, and it didn't matter what I dealt with subsequent to this. I always had the courage to pick myself uh, off the mat when you know, I was down and get back again. So that was at 32. At 36, I had the great opportunity to uh, go up to North Korea and work there uh, on a, a project with other women. And um, I learned something interesting there. And they talked about seeing is believing. And that's important because, you know, in media, uh, in, in the newspapers, uh, you know, you read a lot about different situations and different people and different lifestyles. But I think the one true thing that I took away from being in North Korea was, you know, seeing is believing and therefore your experience is the most accurate reflection of, you know, what you've gone through. And you've got to trust that. And so that became a part of my story as well. Uh, and then uh, another two years later, so 30s was a, a, a packed uh, year, you know, decade where I was discovering different facets of my story. Um, that was where I looked at, you know, I had gone for a personal development program and, and it became very clear for me that what my life had to be was like a ripple in a pond. And like that one ripple, which impacted me, that ripple was also impacting all the people, the entire ecosystem in that pond as well. And so, so whatever work that I went to, or whatever that I did was going to impact other people. And so that was the other facet that I discovered. And then, you know, 10 years later, uh, at 48, I'd, um, and that was around the time when I set up my 
current company, uh, which is Talent Leadership Crucible. And that's when I sort of articulated it during a process when I was looking at the vision for the company as elevating consciousness. And uh, in this area, when I look at consciousness, I'm looking at consciousness as you know awareness, awareness about ourselves, about others, about our situation, and how we are growing and developing from having increased awareness. And so, you know, that's the journey of my story. Well, the first thing that I noticed is how beautifully you are able to differentiate, you know, who you were at different stages of your, you know, of your life. Like you said, the theme is the same. Uh, however, and that, that actually talks about we being the common theme throughout. And it's the situations that make us act, behave, uh, take certain actions according to them. Uh, I also love what you said about the ripple effect because sometimes we forget that we are at the center of creating some ripple effect for someone. While we are also part of somebody else's ripple effect, we are also creating it and that's a very powerful state to be in. And therefore, your elevating consciousness just blooms very beautifully out of that. Uh, your, your story is so courageous. But how did, you know, you know, like with so many various stages of life and so many different roles to play in midst of all of this, how did you find your calling? Like, how did you know this is what I want to do? How did that happen? Well, you know, I think I just um, happened to be at the right place at the right time and know the right people and listen and open my ears and to be able to listen. Right. So, you know, in, in some ways uh, it helped because I could look at the road signs, uh, you know, I could hang on to people who offered a hand, helping hand and, and that worked in my favor. Um, and uh, on the other hand, I think what was what is sort of personal to me is that, you know, I'm curious uh, and I'm someone who's open, so I'm willing to try something. And, and I think that as a trait is important because, you know, it's okay, you can try it. And if it fails, then, you know, you don't have to do it, but at least give yourself the benefit of trying it. Wow. Uh, you know, while you said it with very ease, you know, I was at the right place at the right time. Um, I would say that also to be in that right place at the right, uh, at the right time, we definitely have to pay a lot of dues to have that understanding of knowing where to be when. And like you said, it's, it also talks about being open to help. Like uh, you said it with so much of ease, uh, but I know that many listeners here would be wondering, how do I do that? You know, mm -hmm. looking at people who were ready to help me is what you said. And sometimes we don't have an eye for that. We mm -hmm. don't see that we all or most people go through life thinking, I am the one, I have to do all of this. And they, they want to all by themselves, but there are people to help them. So, uh, you well, know, I think, it, uh, yeah, I, I, so I, can I just jump in? Yeah, please. And, and, and um, Sneha, it's not always been that way, but at least, uh, you know, at times, especially when I was discovering my calling, it uh, popped up this way. Um, so I had the benefit of going through a really major crisis and, and some of them were public and, you know, I'm writing about it in different uh, books, uh, so I won't talk too much about it. Uh, but um, 
what I, I saw was that, you know, when I was able to alter the perception of how the crisis showed up for me, and, and, and not focus so much on whether I lost face or uh, I look stupid, but you know, to give myself the space to be able to learn from it. And if I had made the mistake to say that, okay, I was responsible for you know, doing this or not doing this. And, uh, and uh, so in some, some ways, you know, having humility. And, and on the other hand, you know, having gratitude that there was always, even in that terrible circumstances, someone or something that would help me out, right, to move forward. But then there were times, sometimes Neha, that uh, I was so stuck in a particular uh, perspective or a frame of mind about uh, my situation that I was unwilling to, you know, explore. Uh, and there was a time about um, uh, eight years ago, uh, and I found that I was very constrained. I felt that, you know, no one was going to talk to me and. Um, uh, and as a result of no one's going to talk to me, I didn't reach out to my clients. And, you know, it's sort of, um, it's funny because, you know, is it our first action that matters or is it their action that matters, right? And I, I think that ultimately it's our action because if we can set aside what we are struggling with, then the first thing that has happened is that we have reframed that situation and we, we are moving forward and, and we'll get a different result. But I've been stuck and I have empathy and I have compassion for that. And I think in those moments, it's always useful to reach out to a, a coach or a mentor to support us in those moments because it's hard to get out of it. And I had uh, coaches around me and I had mentors around me who supported me through that difficult journey. And, and so that's what I would offer to uh, the listeners. I love the way you said it because it, it it's the key information, you know, uh, that sometimes we feel we want someone to tell. And that's where you are an amazing mentor. No doubt about that. Uh, so, Dr. Ramesh, tell us more. We, are, we have been speaking about challenges. So is there any one particular, you know, epic or biggest challenge that you think you faced, which probably ended up being a pivotal stage of your life or something that changed the way you looked at things. So anyone that stands out? Well, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, uh, I've identified myself as an entrepreneur from a very young age. In fact, that's six years old because I've shared it uh, somewhere else and I've shared with you, I think Sneha before that, uh, I had this grand uncle who was very uh, well known in the family. It's like almost like every time relatives got together, they're gossiping about him. As a six-year-old, I'm listening, right? And I'm like curious, you know, what, what makes this person like dominate every single conversation, right? And, and so it's uh, no surprise I became an entrepreneur. And, um, and um, but then in 2021, I uh, had a, a big setback. And the setback was that in 1999, I'd set up my first technology company. Uh, I had raised several million dollars uh, in funding. And, and then I had set up another company. Then we'd merged the companies. We did some acquisition. And subsequently, what happened was that we started to started the process of listing it in the stock exchange in Singapore. And just before we were going to go on the roadshow and list it, um, by then the US.com uh, had crashed 
and there were some other things that were happening in uh, within the company itself. And so as a board, we decided to liquidate the company. So can you imagine from being someone who had raised millions to wanting to liquid, uh, wanting to list it and raise, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to then liquidating the company and coming to a situation where, my God, you know, where, how am I going to find my next job, right? How am I going to get myself out of this? Because it was all in the newspapers. And uh, how do I pick up the pieces? And, uh, and that was 20, uh, no, that was 2001. And today it's 2022. So what has happened is that in that period, you know, I um, continue, I found the courage to uh, go back into business. I, I worked for a while for other people, but I've always been entrepreneurial. So even whilst I was working, I, I used that as a, a mindset to grow that business. And, um, and it, this journey, I actually talk about it in my next book, but, uh, but I think that was the hardest part. To, to validate for myself that entrepreneurship is not just about starting a business and running it, but it can be a way of life. And as a way of life, then, you know, the markers and the, and the, the so-called KPIs are very different. So how do you live that? Wow, I love that, the way of life. Interesting. I think it's food for thought for many of us as well. And that's definitely one of the books that are coming up uh, for you. So I'm not going to ask you more about that right now, but we will definitely have a discussion on it. Um, so Dr. Ramesh, before I move to my most favorite question and the last question, is there anything that you would like to share with our audience before I go there? Okay, so uh, can I share a little bit about this book that's coming out? So Absolutely, in, go ahead. Thank you. So in 20... All three, I uh, published this book and it was uh, called The Big Jump into Entrepreneurship. And um, it was a result of uh, um, doing a two-day workshop with a thousand old people in Singapore, as well as the uh, Southeast Asian region, uh, to teach people on how to start a business and to run it. And, and when I look at how to start, I'm talking about that whole dilemma that you have about you know thinking can I do it? You know, am I suitable? Do I have the skills? Can I take the risk? What happens if I fail and lose face? You know, the whole works. Then you look at your motivation, you look at your strengths and your skill sets. And then, you know, once you're done with all that and you think that you're ready, you then start to look at, okay, what do I need to do to actually start a business? So at that time, you know, it was a challenge for most people to consider entrepreneurship because uh, Singapore was developing and a lot of people opted to work for uh, multinational companies or to work for the government. It was a secure rice bowl. Uh, and, and an entrepreneur at that time was perceived as this uh, person who was not terribly educated. In fact, they probably failed and that's why they were entrepreneur. Uh, but they made a lot of money and they had these fancy cars and they wore these, uh, you know, uh, um, really... Uh, um, bling jewelries, like I like to describe them. But, but today, you know, you have entrepreneurs who are like Elon Musk and Jack Ma. And, and in, in some ways, a lot of these entrepreneurs are typified as uh, males who are in their 20 and 30, who are willing to work uh, a 20 hour week, uh, 20 hour day. Um, so to me, again, it's a, it's a kind of stereotype that we are having 
And I like people to go past that stereotype because I think entrepreneurship is for everybody. And I think more than it being for someone who just wants to start and run a business, it is for anyone, a housewife, a retiree, a student, because it teaches you how to be resourceful in life. And, and that's why I'm passionate about entrepreneurship because it honestly gives you a way to look at your problems. That means you identify the right problem. And then once you have the right problem, you can look for the solution. So, and then once you've, you've identified this different solutions, then you go to work on implementing it and creating value and managing risk all along that. So imagine if you as a human being did that in all areas of your life, right? There are no surprises. It doesn't matter to you that you lost your job. It doesn't matter to you that this company closed down. It doesn't matter to you that COVID came because you know how you can adapt, how you can pivot and how you can change so that you can be successful no matter what. Very, very, very well said. And guys, the book, The Big Jump into Entrepreneurship 2.0 actually speaks exactly what Dr. Ramesh is talking about. And it's not just about telling you what it is, but it is also about how to get through it and how to get started, okay? And one important key word that I would like to highlight again is entrepreneurship is not just about starting up a new venture or business. It is for each and every one of us. It is a way of life. And it is about looking at life, the challenges and finding solutions and moving fast through it. So this book is available and I'm gonna share the details of it uh, at the end of this podcast, as well as they're also written on the captions of this video uh, and on the captions of the podcast as well. So you can just, just click on the link, go right to the book and uh, have a copy for yourself. Uh, now, let's coming to my last question. And that's my favorite question. How do you wanna be remembered as? Is there a thought in your mind as to, you know, this should be my legacy or this is how my people should know me? Well, um, I haven't really thought about legacy, like, you know, for the whole world, but, but you know, what keeps me focused at least is that, you know, I have a, a great commitment that everyone is to their current reality. Like, you know, you're doing something, but you want something else. Uh, and that something else that you want is in the future. And most of us, unfortunately, you know, when we think about that something that we want in the future, which is, of course, an expansion of who we are today, we immediately shut down and we go like, nah, I can't do it. And then we give it up. And I, I know and uh, I actually pride myself and people, many people have told me this, that I'm someone, if you engage with me, you get to see a pathway to making your future happen. And that future happens right now in that conversation with me. And that's what excites me. And if I can do that with anyone and everyone in any conversation, um, you know, it makes my life meaningful. And that's exactly what my life is about. Wow, I love, love, love the way you look at it. Uh, it's interesting. And what's interesting is also how we all work towards what we want to be at every given moment in time. 
And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I'm really looking forward to having more conversations with you and with you about all the books that you're writing about as well. But for now, guys, I just want to highlight it one more time. Dr. Ramesh's book launched on 22nd of February this year is a relaunch of her book one, The Big Jump into Entrepreneurship. And it's now The Big Jump into Entrepreneurship 2.0. And we are sharing not only the secrets of entrepreneurship, but also how things have changed in the last two decades and how to, how to move from there ahead. Uh, so looking forward to your reviews, your feedback. By the way, even on this podcast, you can actually leave a voice note to let us know what you felt about her conversation today, about the book, or anything that you want to communicate with Dr. Ramesh directly. Or you can follow her on Facebook and Instagram or on her website. And all of these links are mentioned in the captions as well. Okay, so again, once again, Dr. Ramesh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Any parting words that you want to say before I say bye to the audience? Well, I'd like everyone to consider that you can't outsource thinking. And so maybe we should all start thinking. I love that. Uh, thinking is something that we talk about every day, but yes, you're so right. We cannot outsource it and we all got to do our own thinking. Thank you, thank you, thank you for a beautiful nugget and therefore I'm not going to say anything more guys I'm going to leave you all with that thought and I will see you very 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 soon with another author and entrepreneur take care guys have a wonderful life and remember we all are born abundant all we need to do is claim that abundance by taking one step at a time I'll see you all soon